2: Hello, welcome back to Wasp Business Australia's only live streaming business and market channel. Great to have your company this lunchtime on a Thursday. Of course, it is time for the call. 10 stocks, two experts, 60 minutes we get through them all. Plus, we add a bonus, stock of the day, something that's a bit relevant and making market news. So thank you for sending in the suggestions for your uh, 10 stocks. I think we've got a really interesting stock of the day as well. Let's welcome our... uh, our experts and one of my favourite teams, uh, if we can call them that on the panel for the for the call, is uh, Rudy Philippe Van Dyke from FN Arena. Rudy, good to see you. My pleasure. And Claude Walker from A Rich Life joins us as well. Claude, good to see you.
1: Thanks for having me on.
2: All right, let's get into uh, the stock of the day. And when I saw this... Um, a report on it this morning in, uh, in the Financial Review, I thought, aha, Rudy is on today because this is one of his favourite stocks, CSL. He reckons that it is the best stock on the Australian share market and it's at a two-month low. Rudy, you keep telling us for weeks when there's a pullback in CSL, yes, yes. you've got to just buy it. Is this the time? I think uh, that's what Claude has been doing, and
0: yep. uh, I've been doing the same thing. I've been adding some extra shares. So. Okay. So I, I did actually, yes, right. Um, but I actually, this is quite funny. I mean, obviously, this has to happen at some stage. Yeah. Uh, CSL and Rudy on, on at the same time. Yep. <laughs> um, I actually have been receiving uh, messages, emails. I actually had a fund manager calling me this morning, pre-opening. Everyone's interested in uh, what's happening with with CSL. Yeah. I think the secret, so to speak, is actually quite straightforward. I mean, to, to, to keep this market going, the, the market attention is now shifting to the stocks that haven't performed right. until this far.
2: Like the big four banks.
0: <laughs> for example, <laughs> I mean, we've all seen that one. Yeah. Sometimes that, that goes to the detriment of the stocks that have performed previously. Yeah. So when the a, when a, when a stock is, is trending downwards, I and mean, we, for example, the two supermarket owners are also trending downwards, you No, know, right? yep. Calls and Woolworths. Sometimes the market is, is indicating there's bad news forthcoming. Yeah. In this case, I don't think there's any bad news forthcoming right. at all. It's just, I mean, the market is always run by greed and by fear. Previously, it was stacking up on CSL, Woolworths, Kohl's and the likes out of fear. Because, I mean, do you put your money, you go for the safest options. Yeah. Now it's looking for greed. Now it's going, I can make 63% out of selling cost media in two days. Why would I keep my money in CSL? Right? Yep. So that's basically the long and the short of it. Yeah. But the answer is, absolutely, you, uh, you grab these chances to add to those those high-quality stocks. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, CSL, by the way, uh, if it's not the best large-cap stock we have, uh, then I can't think of another one that's better.
2: Okay.
0: Uh, these guys have, have, have accumulated their, their earnings per share by an average of 22% since listing,
2: yeah.
0: which was in ninety one. I don't think there's too many companies either here or, or internationally that can actually yep. uh, showcase those numbers. So
2: this is the pullback you've been waiting for? I
0: wasn't waiting for it, but if it happens okay. I'll buy I'll buy. Okay. Yes. Yeah,
2: All right. Uh, Claude, what do you think? Is this a uh, is this a good time to be buying CSL when the rest of the market's left it behind, so to speak? Uh
1: I struggle to get particularly confident in CSL at the moment, given its high valuation, but I couldn't resist uh, buying some shares yesterday when it dropped quite a bit. I, I think, I'm not sure, it's hard to know what the market is thinking, but I think that it might have had something to do with some positive news from one of their competitors, uh, which potentially you know, in the long term threatens one of their many products. And that might have been what led some people to um, ditch the stock. Now, those sellers could be right, but I've I've had so much pain watching this stock go up for so long since I sold it um, that I thought I'd just buy some to make sure that I'm paying attention if it ever does get to to where I consider it really good value.
2: Right. Okay. so you think it will trend down even further?
1: I don't necessarily think it'll trend down. I think it, I think Rudy said it many times before. It's if I, for some of these companies that I really like, if I'm always waiting for that really great price that I think is cheap, I might just never get it. I, not, I might never buy it. So it's kind of with that in mind that I bought some just thinking, oh, look, I'll just buy some now just in case there is a fleeting opportunity where it gets lower again, I might buy some more. Uh, but ultimately I haven't put a lot of money in it just because I'm always looking for something cheaper I'm always looking for something that is both a company I really like and cheap. And CSL is just a company I really, really like.
2: Okay. And City came out with a a buy recommendation on it this morning as well. Let's get uh, into your 10 stocks. Uh, The first one was sent in by John. Thank you for that, mate. Uh, First stock, uh, Claude, is Kodan. Um, Manufacturer and supply metal detectors, but has got into communications equipment as well, uh, mainly for that mining industry, is it?
1: Yeah, that's right. And um, this has actually been a, a long term manufacturing success story on the ASX. So I guess I have to give it a lot of respect for that. Uh, Australia has been a country that has struggled with uh, keeping its manufacturing industry healthy over the last uh, couple of decades. So definitely points for that. And, you know, high end uh, value add manufacturing is an interesting space to be in. Having said that, um, I've got a long memory with these guys and I think I can remember many years ago there was there was um, some sort of issue around the, the security and like that they'd been hacked essentially and I oh. think that that's always going to hold them back a little bit in their communications um, this, we're talking perhaps six years ago now um, but I just wonder if that's going to make it always difficult for them to sell secure uh, communications into military kind of um organizations in the long term so i'd say the main value here is their gold detector business mm. and in the past that has had uh, one really great opportunity which is when gold price goes up there's actually more uh demand for these metal detectors because you can have these sort of gold detecting um entrepreneurs in other countries that want to buy their products on the other hand they've also faced difficulties with uh keeping that IP to themselves. So given that I've identified two things that have always concerned me about it, that's why I avoid the stock. But having said that, I can't deny it's actually performed really well and I've missed out.
2: Okay. All right,
0: ready? If okay. you're worried about hacking, um, imagine when the Chinese start copying your metal detector equipment, <laughs> which they did. Right. right. Um, it, it has been around for like a really long time. Okay. I don't know exactly how long, but I know it's been. I think as long as I'm share, I've been covering the share market, it's been around. Yep. It's one of those companies that's, 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 that's in the fringe, like it's not really big, it doesn't always perform. Uh, it's quite small in the bigger scheme of things. But I think Klopp made, made, made the right comment there. Forget about uh, the, the radio signals. I mean, this is all about gold, basically. Yep. And, and their, their main market is gold in Africa. So um, when the gold price is high, gold miners start start exploring more, and they, they buy their equipment. I mean, that's essentially the story of, of CODEN. So right. um, at the moment, they should be doing well. They are doing uh, quite well, I believe. Uh, on that basis, even I mean, when, when uh, prices of gold, uh, gold producers uh, swing a lot, it doesn't mean they're going to spend less on the exploration. I mean, gold prices are still, still quite high, mm. particular in Australian dollars. Yep. So that should uh, bode well for, for CODEN. So uh, on that basis, you would, you would have to think that the share, they, they should be doing well. Right,
2: right. Would you be a buyer at this price?
0: Um,
2: I probably will be, yeah. Right, okay. All right. So tick from Rudy, no from uh, Claude on Kodan. Uh, Dave has sent in the the next suggestion that he wants an opinion on Claude. Um, The global building materials business, uh, James Hardy. Uh, The whole sector has taken a bit of a battering and boreal, I suppose, for a lot of different reasons as well. What do you think of James Hardy?
1: Um, I guess I, I basically think that there's one bull argument for James Hardy, which is that as the economies uh, fall into a really difficult state worldwide over the next few years, we may see a situation where governments use stimulus for building and big projects and the like, and that James Hardy could benefit from that. Having said that, I see a potential massive headwind in home building, which is a huge part of the building industry. And as a result, I am very skeptical of this kind of play. It's just really hard to tell because I'm trying to predict what governments will do. So as a result of that, I avoid James Hardy. And I'm a little bit interested in one of the sort of similar company called Adelaide Brighton here in Australia. But yeah, so James Hardy party is not for
2: me but i can see the bull thesis there yeah uh, really lots of talk at the moment in the papers from the building industry saying um residential construction is about to go into a ravine yes, they're calling so they, it a they, deep yeah, ravine well, well exactly no. they, they want first home buyer grants increased 50 grand if you're going to if you've got to build your own house, they're getting serious.
0: When, when Claude and I discussed uh, James Hardy two weeks ago, I think it was, we both said no. Yeah. And that was on that basis. Yeah. Um, there's, a few, there's a few things to take into consideration. A, if you want to have this exposure, this is probably the highest quality stock Australia has in that right. sector. I mean, right. Much better. There's no competition between Borwell or Adelaide Bright and, and James Hardy. I mean, and right. James Hardy is head and shoulders above, above the other ones, in particular since Borel has lost the plot, which they essentially have. Um, Having said so, so the the main reason is that there's now, I mean, the the government locally has been indicating they are working on a plan and they're gonna stimulate that part of the industry. So that's the reason why you would buy the stock. The danger is that you, you, because they are international and you have an American part and you now have increasingly a European part because they, they did a big acquisition in Europe. I'm worried about Europe. Yeah. I think that within a year's time, we could all be reliving the 2011-2012 story when Europe is again on the brink of we can't pay our debt and we can't get wow. economic growth going. Okay. Maybe by then, you don't want to have companies that are too dependent on, on that continent. So right. That's the risk, but short term, given, given the market really wants that pot, portfolio rotation going, James Hardy would be amongst the beneficiaries of that. Right. So short term, the share price is probably going to go higher. Medium term, I would, be, I would be extra cautious because there are a lot of question marks. Right. And I'm in particularly worried about Europe.
2: Okay. So basically a no for James Hardy, unless you want to trade it. Yes. Basically. Yes. If you're a trader. All right. Uh, thank you for that, Dave. Appreciate it. Our next stop for uh, adjudication today, Rudy, uh, AMP. <laughs> <One of them. laughs> uh. <laughs> Well, I, I, hang I, on the big
0: four beds had around. Now yeah, that's AMP. Listen, uh, there are two views in the market, and uh, this is this is actually quite quite funny because, like I, I mentioned earlier, Southern Cross Media. Yeah. Like, yep. if you look from the top down, you go like, "What a dog!" Yeah. Yep. But if you look from the bottom, you made sixty-three percent in two days. You know I mean, yep. and it's it's obviously the same story with AMP. If you yep. if you buy it when it's really really down and the market is trying to pick uh, the laggards now and, and put some money in there then obviously the share price has bounced quite a lot, yeah. right? But irrespective of that, I would go like, I mean, not even AMP management knows exactly what how the company will look like next year. Yeah. Um, so why, I mean, AMP is by far not the only company whose share price has been clobbered and, uh, and, and should be higher, all else being equal. So why would you take on so much risk? I yeah. mean, there are like so many better alternatives around. I can, I can name CSL, for example. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. All right. Claude, what do you think? You like to, uh, to go counter-cyclical. Would you with AMP?
1: Yeah, so unfortunately, I have to agree with Rudy again on this one. However, I will say this. There's some potential for uh, some of your parts style um, valuation uplift, I guess, with AMP if they start selling off things and uh, refreshing the business to try and realise value. But I think for me, at best, you have an example of financial engineering could create value for shareholders, which is not the kind of long term growth story that I would like to see. And and as a result, I have to just agree with Rudy and, and find better value elsewhere.
2: Right. Okay. So you agree with him, just avoid AMP too hard? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. So I know for AMP there. All right, uh, Evan has sent in our full stock to take a look at this afternoon. And uh, Rudy, one of our big gold miners, Evolution Mining?
0: Um, short term, be very careful. Uh, I mean, I, I explained earlier that I, I mean, I have exposure to gold, but I do simply the gold ETF. So I have exposure right. to, the, to the metal. Right. Um, the, the advantage of, of gold miners, stocks in the market, is that they, they run a lot higher, a lot faster than, than gold, the billion, will mm-hmm. do. Uh, the flip side is they will fall a lot lower than the billion will do as well. Right. Um, if we do get this market rotation happening, then uh, gold stocks will be in the same basket as CSL and Woolworths. I mean, so they've performed really, really well. Yeah. Look at that. Exactly. One year price. And, and, and now, and now we're so that's how that's, that's how well they have performed. Look from yep. from February onwards to May. Yeah. Um, so now the danger is they will they will even if they stop midway, that's that's a big fall. Yeah. So that's the risk short term for that sector in general. Yeah.
2: Um, so but you're really buying at the top of the market if you're going to get potentially
0: it. here. Yes. Yeah. Particularly if if the gold price is, if, if this rally continues in equities and yep. we and we get the banks and the, and. The, and uh, the nickel miners and the copper miners are doing their rally, then gold is probably going to sell off just a little bit, right. but that will be enough for, for the gold stocks to, right. to sell off a lot. Okay. Um, I mean, 10% in a day is not, not out of the question, which basically is what they did yesterday already. Yeah. Um, so you have to be careful with, with gold stocks more than with gold itself because the volatility works both ways. Right. So here I would be very cautious. Uh, medium to longer term, I think they are um, probably um, sitting on a gold gold mine, literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can't you can't buy gold stocks without paying attention to the volatility, because right. otherwise, if you buy at the top, okay, you may not get back there anytime soon.
2: So why medium to long term are they sitting on a uh, on a gold mine? You think gold is going to go a lot higher? Yes, don't yes, it? I think so. Yes. So you think. Coming out of this, central banks printing money, it will... And also, under, and under and also while we're all
0: getting very excited now because we're opening up economies, I think in the second half, there will be the realisation that that good news has then passed. Yeah. And then the realisation kicks in that I mean, the Federal Reserve will have to do more, the US government will have to do more, uh, the tension between the US and China is probably going to flare up. Uh, those are all reasons that you go like, yeah, a little bit of exposure to gold seems like the right idea. Okay.
2: All right, Claude, are you a bit of a gold bug too?
1: Yeah, I hope it goes up because I bought a fair bit of gold to sort of hedge the falling markets and the potential economic instability where gold can often become a flight to safety. But if I look at this from a sociological perspective, there is a risk that as markets recover, we have a a phenomenon that could be described as the macro tourists are leaving gold and macro tourists would be people like me who never really hold gold but we did buy it when the pandemic came on and if the macro tourists leave gold then we could actually see a reasonably a uh, prolonged drop in the, in the share price of gold miners like evolution mining so that would be my concern here Having said that, if you're asking where my money is, my money is significantly in gold at the moment, and if I'm right to do that, then probably the gold miners like Evolution okay. Mining, especially the bigger ones, will do well.
2: Okay, There's so too you're much risk for me. You you're a bit like Rudy. Um, what do you go the the gold ETFs or physical or one of these digital gold plays?
1: Yes. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. I do go the, with the gold ETFs and the also the Australian Dollar Hedge gold ETF. Although it may amuse you to know that a few weeks ago when my uh, partner my, uh, was in the garden, she actually found an ounce of gold that I had hidden several years ago and completely forgotten about. <laughs> Indeed, I thought it was not.
2: So Oh, I love it. Now, yeah. did she keep it? did so, you go like, I wish I hey finders keepers I, wish I
1: had it on it's actually it's actually it's actually hidden in, in like in the in the scene behind me right now you'll never find it though so i probably shouldn't tell people that but uh, yeah so She's given it back to me, and, and I've hidden it in the study.
0: Claude, do yourself a favour. You you don't you know, have to, you have to find a new spot now. You you told everyone where, where they can find gold now. Yeah, you true, don't want to I, invite
1: true. people I
2: over. So <laughs> the next time you have friends over for yeah, a dinner no, party, okay, just yeah.
1: Just make it official. I will be finding a new spot. Yeah, yeah.
2: All these <laughs> friends will be over for a party and say,
1: "This is life." Yeah, yeah.
2: And so, yeah so, this uh... is why I
1: prefer an ETF. It's much safer. Yeah. I,
0: guess, yeah. I guess Claude is proving, because the real gold bugs, they don't go for ETFs. They want, they want the real thing. Oh, but, yeah. but obviously, there's disadvantages to that, because you have to basically place it in a bank, and it costs uh-huh. you some money yeah. to, for the bank to That's keep right. it for you. Because otherwise, where are you going to put your bullion? I mean, yeah. before you know what your partner finds yeah. it in the garden. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's not the plan.
0: It's not terribly
2: liquid, is <laughs> it? Imagine
0: when you would move to a different state, and then you remembered.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so an over for evolution mining from both Rudy and Claude, but... Hey, look at gold ETFs and and even the, uh, as Claude was saying, the the Australian dollar hedged one. All right, our our Fitstock suggestion is from Jordan. Thank you for sending that in. Jumbo Interactive, the online lotteries business. Tabcorp has a big stake in them. And in return, uh, Jumbo has licenses for some of the Tabcorp products. Um, Claude, what do you think of Jumbo Interactive?
1: Yeah, so I think this one's probably my favorite stock that we're covering today, at least in terms of my own position size. I do have a decent investment in Jumbo Interactive, which I bought during the big sell-off in March, and actually, I kept buying it. It was in April I bought it, and the reason I bought it is because what Jumbo Interactive does is they sell lottery tickets online, and obviously, when you have a situation where people aren't going out as much, that encourages online uh, transactions and my view of it was that there'll be a sort of a shift when a lot of people who used to buy their lottery tickets in person move online and Jumbo Interactive will capture a decent number of those people who will become repeat purchases and and once Jumbo has a relationship with them they can use their marketing their emails and that kind of thing to encourage them to, to really commit to uh, Jumbo Interactive as a platform, Oz Lotteries. I think it's called the, the website they own yeah. in Australia. And then the longer term thesis you've got for them is basically that they can enable other smaller lottery operators to build their own online presence, which makes a lot of sense because you have charity lotteries and all sorts of lotteries around the world that may not really be about a lottery running, but they have one to help raise money. So that could work longer term. It's nothing really at the moment, but I think I know what Rudy's going to say here, which there is one real big risk (laughs) with this company, which is their relationship with Tabcorp.
2: Tabcorp, If,
1: If that gets renegotiated in an unfavorable way, then it definitely will be bad for the share price. My main hope here is that Tabcorp is a shareholder of Jumbo Interactive, so maybe they'll not push too hard.
2: Okay, all right, and that's up I love it, about love, 18 I love it people have already figured me out. Yeah.
0: They already, I don't have to say anything anymore. No,
2: no, no. Now go completely contrary <laughs> yeah. to what he thinks you were going to say and, and just rev him up.
0: I actually, well, they are also, like everything that Claude just said, but they are also broadening their base. Like they're yeah. trying to, uh, to go more international and to actually add more products onto their platform because they have the platform. Yeah. Um, I guess that's, brings with it uh, more investments. And the share market is always, um, it's very funny. I mean, longer term, the share market loves investments because like, for example, the CSL wouldn't be where it is today if it doesn't invest 10% of its revenue every year. But in the short term with, with those companies, it always pulls back the share price because it ne- the market never knows whether that's actually gonna generate some return. Uh, and in the AMP case, for example, it doesn't and it hasn't. Huh? Um, I'm actually, with Claude on this one, I think you, you can um, take a punt on, on, on Jumbo here. I think at some stage, the share price is, is, is most likely to be a lot higher. But the market is obviously having a very cautious stance here. It's waiting yeah. for maybe August will be the, the time when, when they actually come out with the results and they might actually uh, prove the, the doubters wrong. Um, longer term, it's very difficult not to see the, the upside. But again, it's, it's actually a, a quite a, s- a small sized company. There is a relationship with TEPCorp. Um, I mean, we've seen in the past that companies that had a very close relationship with Telstra, ultimately that backfired. Yeah. Uh, Telstra was not very nice to them, even though they had a close relationship. You never know what TEPCorp is a company under pressure. Uh, it has to be said though, Jumbo is much better at selling TEPCorp product online than Corp is. Right, okay. They do have a competing product. And, the, and the, the, the irony here is that people pay a little bit of a premium to purchase the same product through uh, jumbo and they do right. <laughs> in larger numbers than they do for uh, for Corp right. so there is a there was an irony in, in this whole uh, game yeah. Yeah. Um, but seldom is a stock without or a company without without risk here but I think yeah. putting the valuation in, in, in play and also Tapcorp has to be careful uh, because if the relationship would deteriorate very quickly. It would also eat into their revenue in, the, in, yeah. in that. So they, I mean, yeah. it's it's a balancing act. Yeah. Uh, but the risk is there.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, so don't go overboard. But I do think but share prices exactly. It's share, pretty it's, flattened. Exactly. The share price is basically just waiting. Yeah. What comes next? Uh, yeah. It's basically not moving. There's hardly a heartbeat in there. Yeah. Uh, but that can be a good thing. I mean, that means that you're not you're not getting spooked every once in a while when the share price dives. You're not paying over the odds yes, for it. Yes, uh, yes. Exactly. So that
2: risk is being built into... Basically I think so. The I think so, the yes. Okay. All right. So uh, a yes on the Jumbo Interactive. So that gets us uh, halfway in terms of uh, the 10 stocks we're looking at on your behalf. Uh, just to recap, um, a yes for Kodan from Rudy, a no from Claude, a no from both guys on James Hardy um a no from the amp and rudy's reaction was priceless fits of laughter um no for evolution mining but if you want exposure to gold which is a good thing you know, on the uh recommendation of rudy and claude go for an etf instead and uh they both like jumbo interactive all right claude our our sixth stock uh one of the world's biggest toll road operators um the numbers are staggering for Transurban. One point seven million trips a day on its toll roads and eight and a half million customers. Um it is a big owner of toll roads, isn't it? But do you like it as an investment?
1: Yeah, so I guess What I think about with Transurban is whether we're going to see more cars on the road or or fewer cars on the road as a result of the big, you know, changes that we've been going through as a society at the moment. And my initial thought when the pandemic hit was that we would see fewer cars on the road because everybody would be working from home. However, what we've seen in the last few weeks and few, uh, few days and few weeks really is that Whereas lots of children would catch buses to school and lots of people would catch public transport to work, those people that are going to school and work tend to be doing so in cars. And I, I want to see the data of how uh, strongly the, the traffic's going to bounce back. But I think I was actually too worried about this because I think, yes, you'll lose some travel because people work from home, but then you'll gain travel because fewer people use tra- public transport. And they'll navigate this a problem you know however they need to for the next couple of years so as a dividend stock that is probably a reasonable investment I quite like it but what makes me nervous about it is that of course to build all these roads has taken on huge amounts of debt and if there is a problem for their revenue then that will create a problem for shareholders so until I had some more certainty about that I would just avoid it having said that I have probably missed the opportunity already I'd say
2: Right. Okay. Ready. I'll
0: take a wild guess. I think his father-in-law really likes it, and probably <laughs> has had it in the portfolio for quite a while. Uh, without without it, without doubt, uh, one of the highest quality infrastructure stocks we have yep. uh, in Australia. Uh, very powerful. Um, often gets a lot of uh, bad news because of that as well. Right. They they did they refuse to to not. Uh, increase their tolls uh, uh, in the earlier yeah. stage this year, for example, and they don't have to. I mean, they're very powerful. Uh, I mean, try, try, try to drive around Sydney and not yeah. paying money to, to, to yeah. Yeah? Um I, I would sort of agree with uh, with Claude on the fact that it's not without risk and I would prefer to, to, to buy cheaper because you want to have a little bit of a cushion. Having said so, I mean, if you're looking for a reliable dividend-providing stock, uh, then this is one of the most reliable we have. Right. With the caveat that um, it would appear that they they will be paying less in the years ahead, but it'll still be it'll still be reasonable as a, as, a, yeah. as an income without yeah. franking. It's, a, it's um, right. opposed
2: to its highs. It's like well, that's
0: that's the that's the ref, that's the recovery trade. Huh? Yeah. Like we're all now we're coming to the conclusion that instead of no cars on the road, we probably will have more cars on the road at least yeah. in the medium term. Yep. And that can only benefit uh, 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 companies like 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 Transurban. Maybe. Right. The other thing, of course, is that if ever ever something happens to to bond yields or to inflation, that these are the stocks to avoid. You will really want to sell them very quickly then. Right. Um, but I don't think that's a, that's a short to medium term prospect. No. If anything, deep recessions keep keep uh, inflation and bond yields very very low. Yeah. So that will support the share price.
2: Yeah. So you're saying. A buy Pref- for the dividend. Prefer
0: a bit cheaper, but you can yep. buy them here and, and yes, and right. rely, rely on Good many dividend. years of, of dividends coming in.
2: Yeah, and, and look, for a lot of investors, uh, stocks like this, yes. a few and far between now, sort of everyone who yes. depend on the big four banks can't depend on them anymore. Exactly. It's yes, a sort of exactly.
0: alternative. And I would assume, one of my favourite comparisons in the past was always, I would say to people, just put Transurban and, and BHP built on the or BHP Group now on the same chart, and yeah. you'll get a heart attack. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, the, because Transurban was significantly outperforming the big Australian. Right. That changes over time because you get these big swings. But I mean, it still is and has been an excellent performer. Yeah. I mean, there's no re- apart from if anything, the, if the landscape doesn't change in terms of uh, economic growth, inflation, bond yields, uh, central banks, then this should remain a, an excellent, solid
2: performer over the years ahead. Okay. All right. So a yes from Rudy there on Transurban. Uh, our seven-stop Rudy, let's kick it off with you from Eric, um, who wants a view on SG Fleet. This is one of those salary packaging car fleet management businesses, yep. not not just here in Australia, but in the UK as well.
0: I think, was it last week that we spoke about uh, Smart Group? Yes. I think it was last week. Um, yep. Smart Group is the better one. Um, SG fleet is is okay in that sector. I mean, that sector is is is, is basically in the in the recovery trade now as well. Yeah. Um, it's very much also on the fact that um, they are very much linked to second-hand cars as well. Um, and, I mean, and and if you wanna play that one, I mean, uh, car sales and Babcor would be would be much better place Yeah. But yes, I mean it's cheap. It's it's a, it's essentially a financing company that is really, really an extension of the, of the car market, basically. Um, I mean I can't get really excited about. It. I think if you go into that sector, you go for Smart Group. Yeah. Um, go for the for the highest quality one. Um, so I would say no on this one.
2: Right. Claude, what do you think of uh, SG Fleet?
1: Yeah, that's a firm no from me as well. I think that we'll see a bit of a a positive narrative as more people want to buy second-hand cars if they were previously using public transport. But I don't think that will last very long because that's going to be a small group of people that have the money to buy a car and didn't previously want one. And then after that narrative is gone, it, it seems all negative for me. These novated lease businesses already are reliant on... A certain set of government tax incentives essentially so i feel like it's it has the same risk as something like jumbo interactive in that there could be one big point of failure but it doesn't have all the reward of this sort of longer term trend that's probably in their favor it just looks difficult to me so i would definitely not own shares in this company
2: Okay. All right. So, a note for us, Fleet. Something um, a bit related, I suppose. Donald has um, asked for a suggestion. Claude on AP Eagers, um, still in that uh, in the car business, but more accessories and parts, and and also selling of cars too.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So, I should disclose that I actually have a very tiny holding in AP Eagers which I bought right in the beginning of April when I thought, Oh, these guys for sure are going to need to do a discounted capital raising. And if I buy some shares, you know, I want to be part of that. Well, it hasn't happened and the shares have rebounded and it's definitely part of that recovery trade, but for the exact same reasons that uh, I'm very skeptical about whether there'll be sufficient spending on automobiles over the next, say two years. I'm really very worried about this one. So as you can see on that chart there, I have enjoyed a bit of a rebound, but it's pure luck on my behalf because I bought it for a completely different reason. I thought it was going to be in more trouble than it is. And I'm going to sell any day now. I've really just been riding the rebound. I don't even think it makes sense. And I just reflexively bought it because I thought, oh, this is a business that will survive in one form or another because it's needed. But uh, I think it's going to have a really tough, really tough run over the next couple of years.
2: Okay, Rudy,
0: the word is automotive holdings. Right? They no. they last year bought mm-hmm. their their main competitor on the share market, basically. No. Now, if management does everything right, they should get a lot of synergies out of that. And I think they're they're they're, they're selling. Um, they had a they had a. Um, Cold temperature logistics uh, operation there, which motor automotive holdings could never offload. Yeah, so they the new owner can just I mean they get some money for it and they get finally get rid of it. But um, I mean it's a no by the way. But yep. if you want to if you want to buy it, it would be because they they will get synergies out of out of that acquisition, which it gives some security to the downside. But um, I I'm with Claude. I don't like that that industry. I mean these are essentially expensive uh, cars. Mm. Non-electrical ones. Yeah, um, that's a big network to take care of. Yes, they are the bigger one. And they will, they will, they will buy some struggling uh, smaller players. But if that's the only thing you have to offer, a lot of, lot of challenges and tradition, transition will come right. towards this business. So this
2: is the prestige car market. The but, BMWs. Yep. Uh,
0: I think they have a Lambo, Lamborghini as well. Right. I think. Oh, um, right. okay. um, I mean, there's, there's some work in there as well. I mean, fine, but it's all, it's all basically. In 10 years' time, the Teslas will uh, will kill they will kill that right. off, right. and uh, they're not doing Tesla. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So there is there is there is a lot of challenges out there. So longer term, I, I would really stay, steer clear. But short term, I mean, it, it probably the buyers to the upside, they probably will come out and they will probably sell assets. They will probably close down operations that are not profitable. They they, they get synergies out of two headquarters become one and, yeah. and etc. Yeah. So. Uh, Shepa is probably too cheap for that here, yeah. so if you want to play that, okay, but don't stay on board for too long. Right, okay. I think there's a lot of challenges coming. So, back. But on principle, stock. yeah, but in right. principle would be no. Right.
2: Yes, okay. Um, our ninth stock and um, is the is Maya the, uh, the famous retailing brand. Rudy's laughing again. Um, <laughs> looking to sell its flagship stores as a property uh, sort of play to. Help it I, I, I really Actually,
0: the I, I actually didn't know whether they still had property left because they already offloaded their property years ago. I thought right. maybe not everything, but um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess the, the the story of Meyer will be that at some stage the South African owners of David Jones will uh, will reach out, yeah. and I think that's the end station at some stage. That's right. that's where it's, where it's heading to. So,
2: so because of the business model, yeah. Um, so Switches. the department yes. store business. Model is not only flawed here, but around the world. Yes, and very, Petty exactly.
0: and very few actually revived that model. Yeah. I mean, it was b- very big in, in the 50s. Yeah, uh, Everyone has memories about the 50s and it was really working those days. Yeah. It just doesn't fit in. I mean, I mean, I remember when David Jones was still listed and they went into beauty and, and fashion. And I thought, Really? You want to go into that sector? As if they, if the Zara's not coming along by yeah. themselves. Yeah. So they are really between a work and a hard place, finding a business model. Um, my favourite observation about uh, Meijer is that the, the level of revenues that they had in 1993, they've never matched that. And we're now, where are we? 2020.
2: 1993? Yes, was the peak early. in
0: revenue for Meijer. Wow. Exactly. So we're now two decades and a half and even more later, and they are not even nowhere near what they would do in revenue, annual revenue in those days. So it's a long chart that just keeps on dropping towards the, the, it's not at zero, but it it, it just keeps on trending downwards. And that's the story of and. If you want to picture how, how I see an investment in Maya is that big steamroller that just comes towards you and just trying to pick nickels just in front of it. Right,
2: right okay. At
0: one stage, the steamroller will just steamroll over you. Okay.
2: Right? Claude, have you been flattened by Meyer?
1: I, I have never bought shares in Maya and I thought that uh, Rudy was really kind about the company in his uh, synopsis then. <coughs> if we look at what has happened here, is that the company was listed on the stock exchange to provide an exit for the for the prior owners and that is exactly what has happened and of course the stock has gone relentlessly down for it almost its entire listed life so it i guess makes me a little bit sad that there's so much retail interest in such a company as this because you know it's a rich world out there and there's a lot that's new and then that's mm. growing and even there's a lot of things like uh, transurban that it's just Absolutely, a fortress. There, there is a road that you must take, but you don't have to go into a my store. In fact, you can go into David Jones, or you can go into any of the new brands that are more popular, or you can buy online. So, for me, it's just a losing proposition. And if we look to the United States, similar kind of businesses such as uh, JCPenney uh, have done extremely badly. So, for me, yeah, it's it's a real trap and. I've never owned shares in it and I, and I never will.
2: And, and Claude, it is a disaster, isn't it? Because a great brand name that, with a bit of entrepreneurial management, could have leveraged that brand name and taken it off into a whole new world, but they just haven't taken the hard decisions.
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm no expert in running a retailer. But I am invested, as as I think I've said in past uh, past episodes, in, uh, in the new age of retailers. So, for example, I own shares in Temple and Webster. Now, those shares are very expensive as a multiple of earnings. But when people want to buy such an item these days, they're much more likely to buy it from an online first offering like Temple and Webster than they were 10 years ago. And even than they were six months ago. So that's the kind of tailwind that I try to align myself with. And as you've you've pointed out, you know, I think that the whole thing was just to continue to run the Maya business, not to do anything amazing, innovatively. Uh, So it's just been a real struggle for them. And also it's testament to the fact that they built a wonderful business for the 1960s. But just didn't manage yeah. to move with the times.
2: All right. So, a definite no uh, <laughs> on Maya. Um, uh, but thank you for sending in the suggestion. Hopefully, that clears it up for you. Um, our final stock today, uh, Rudy Zero, the big cloud accounting software firm, had its results two, three weeks ago, yeah. made its yeah. first profit um, by choice. Yeah, yeah, quite oh, <laughs> <laughs> And and it's been growing around the world. Yeah, I think I think, of zero? I,
0: I think Australia and Australians underestimate this. Australia has some really, really high quality technology on, on the share market. Yeah. I mean Altium is in there, uh, Appen is in there, uh Zero is in there. And yeah. you could if you if you if you really go a little bit about the the, the general uh, format, I mean Cochlear and ResMed are as much technology as these companies are. They just happen to be in the healthcare sector. So looking at quality and and the long run of potential growth that's out there, uh, it's enormous. I mean, a company like Xero can probably continue growing for another decade. It's that network effect. Once you you have them on board, you just get more money out of them, you make sure that they they stay on board, the the, the barriers of moving to a competitor become ever larger, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Having said so, two, two, two things uh, to keep in mind here is that the share price has performed quite well. Yeah. I mean, it was ninety dollars last year. It's I think it was recently it was up eighty five or eighty six, yeah, quite close to yeah, yeah. Uh, to where it was. Um, and it is in that basket of we have performed already. So if the market really wants to switch, it it might do a CSL. Uh, yeah. That's maybe the time to jump on it. Maybe not not here. The other the other element is is that there. Um, their main customer base is small businesses, yep. and they are going to do it tough. I mean, in the UK, in the United States, uh, in Singapore, yeah. in, in Australia, in New Zealand. Um, I mean, every day I walk the streets, um, not not for the wrong reasons, but and I look and I look and I look at windows, and a lot of them are closed, and, yep. and they're not going to reopen. So a lot of businesses are disappearing. That's potentially a customer of of zero. I mean, yep. they could do their accountancy with with zero software, so it may well be. And they sort of indicate that with the result as well that they they don't know exactly what the next six months will look like. So that's the caveat here. But the growth that is still ahead of them is so large yep. that if they do dip over the next six months, then
2: I think people should yep. jump on board. Okay, um, Claude, this is one of those stocks that has done really well. Um, as we just said, only made its first profit a couple of weeks ago, but it's been investing in its growth all the way along. And as a as an investor, you go, oh, I've missed the run here. But then in the back of your mind, you think to yourself, there's so much growth, is this just the start of it? And um, And in the five-year chart in five years, this will just be the starting point.
1: Yeah, I feel like you're in my head with that comment, Uh, that's exactly what has happened to me. I actually owned zero shares years ago and sold them all when I did a massive sell down to buy my house. And then I failed to buy them back in a prompt manner. And of course, in in the same time period, they've gone and quadrupled on me and then during the the sell-off in march they were on my list uh to buy and i did indeed buy them but then because i was so jumpy i just sold them once they popped back up a little bit and i still find myself without zero shares which is which is a true tragedy especially given the strong results they put out recently now one thing i would add because i think rudy covered a lot of the main points perfectly there the one thing i'd add is that uh, due to their business model, their free cash flow is actually quite a li- quite a bit higher than their net profit. So now that they've reached this free cash flow positive and net profit um, stage of their development, they can really have quite a lot of money to pump back mm. into their business. So as long as they have a good uh, um, unit economics is what it's called. So for any viewers that don't know what that means, it essentially means that the co- customer acquisition costs is sufficiently lower than the lifetime value of that customer acquisition and if that's the case have this magnificent flywheel effect where it can just grow and grow and grow and grow and every sign points to the fact that zero can probably do this long term and i suspect in 10 years we'll still be talking about it as one of the best Mm. stocks on the asx so if there's any moral of that story, it's shame on me for selling zero. Right. And Are you getting back in? in? What is clearly an excellent business model. Are
2: you getting back in?
1: I'm going to definitely look for the opportunity. <laughs> I, but you know what I'm like. I'm always looking for to buy on when it falls down. It was $64. That was the price I wanted. And I got it. So, uh, you know, that's what I'm looking for. Maybe I'll have to put it up after these results. After the evaluation. Okay. i have an to have to my valuation. if true. I get these high-quality subsidies, I'm
0: at my, I, think. Okay. I think it's worth pointing out that, in, in, in particular with stocks like CSL and Zero, yeah, if you're a typical cheap stock buyer, you're never going to own them. Right? Yeah. You're just yeah. never going to own them. Yeah. The irony is, if they ever become cheap, then there will be X growth, and then it's the time you don't buy them. Right. right? Yeah, so yeah, little, that'll be in 15 years' time. Good point. The other thing that Claude quite, quite a little bit missed as well is that the fact that they are profitable now is because they're scaled back on their investments yeah? yes. because it's not the time for them. So it's actually bad news. It actually yeah. will will it will decelerate their growth going forward. Although people always try to hammer the stock in the past verbally by saying these guys are not profitable, yeah. but they have been financing their growth for a while because as Claude correctly pointed out, the cash flow was there, they yep. were generating a lot of cash, it just didn't turn up in the books as, yep. a, as a profit because they thought every dollar we have, if we acquire a new customer with that, that's a customer for life, yeah, right? Yeah. So it it, 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 and also the opportunity might not be there eternally. Yeah. I mean, they have a, an advantage to the rest of the sector, but they're, the, they're the, the first genuine cloud company in that sector. Yeah. But the other ones are trying to catch up. Yeah. So you have to be quick. You can't just leave it. And it's, its so, um,
2: software as a service, so it has that beautiful annuity yes. screen, the whole thing. So yes for zero on a pullback. All right, guys, <laughs> thank you for that. We'll catch you next week. So just to uh, recap on our final five stocks, Uh, I'm just going from the bottom, zero yes on a pullback, Maya no, Uh, no for AP Eagers, SG Fleet, a no, um, Rudy like Smart Group, um, which is probably a better deal. And Transurban, a yes if you're um, just a good solid stock and a good dividend payer. So if you'd like to suggest any other stocks for us to uh, cover on the call, you can send in your suggestions. Uh, email the call at osbiz.com.au or through Twitter at osbiztv as a handle.